Hey guys, this is Table Talks with Ataris, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm MJ. Hey, <laughs> what? <laughs> I almost didn't even say my name. <laughs> I'm Mash. I'm Mash. So we're building on our rhythms series where we're going to talk a little bit more on why we have rhythms, why we lay out what we think is what we would consider an ideal week. What even is an ideal week? And are we these huge academics with these with these big PhD brains that just lay this foundation for what is this, you know, perfect Instagram worthy life that we are living. And so um, that's exactly not what we're doing. But in this episode, I think we're taking some time to flush that out mm-hmm. and really just share the story as to why we've built this out for our family. Yeah. What are we running after? Yeah. And what are some of the things that we went through as a family Yeah. that caused us to realize that we have to start doing this? And so, all right, well, here comes the episode. Hope you enjoy. So I think we want to build on just in this episode, build on the foundational rhythm that we were talking about last week. Yeah. And in trying to create sustainable rhythms for us as a family, we just kept tacking on, tacking on, tacking on in terms of building additional pieces to uh, and putting them together to now where we have pretty clearly defined parameters generally for what each day of the week looks like. And it started with just Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then I think the next day we added on was Sunday and then defining on what every single night of the week looked like. Mm-hmm. And I think before we maybe just start talking about what what those nights are, I think it's important to maybe ask you, like, why why do we do this? Why is there this thing called an ideal week that we strive for? Mm-hmm. Not, not that we always execute on it, not that we always attain it, but why do we have a defined ideal week? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, for one thing, I don't even know if I really consider it an ideal week. Yeah. Maybe in the sense of like how you would hear it in like business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like used in the workplace. But I think it's more that we've just taken intentional time to think through what does it take to get us from Sunday to Saturday? (laughs) And what are the moving pieces that we have? What are the consistent events that we have where developmentally are the kids what do you and i personally need mm-hmm. to get our own needs met during the week mm-hmm. things like that to figure out how do we get from sunday to saturday without feeling like we're just fighting the whole time don't you think this really started out of a need like a, a desperation almost when we were thrust into parenting which yeah. happened right around COVID. Yeah. I think I'm trying to remember back that maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but every day felt like a blur. Yeah. Every week felt like a blur. Yeah. And it felt like because we took on our role as parents, at least for me, it felt selfish for me to set up any amount of time for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we would go through the end of the week and you would feel like, the things you wanted to knock out or do or accomplish weren't being met. And meanwhile, on my side, because in my 
in my way of trying to justify the fact that I'm not the one going through physical postpartum. Hmm. So I need to help when and where I can. And so I should, I should really avoid spending any time that I do have available to myself. Yeah. And I, I wonder, I don't know if I'm remembering that right, that part of what's driving us wanting to define a sustainable weekly rhythm was because we we were like stumbling we were like failing oh absolutely and yeah. and and it helped that the whole world kind of hit a re- reset button yeah to allow us to just come together and be like okay here's what i need to get done weekly uh what do you need to get done weekly and what are some things that we need to you know make sure we address on a regular basis be it personally like you said or, or around the house yeah and and then throw on top of that the fact that we had Graham living with us, another full-fledged adult with her own decisions and yeah. how it would impact what we ended up having to do as a family. I think it's just important to clarify that we weren't sitting in in a library mm-hmm. with all of these resources yeah. and academically coming to a conclusion. Yeah that being able to define this and and make sure we set this type of time aside for this person and then this set of time aside for this other person. Yeah. But it was, man, we were in the trenches. We were on the battlefield and we were losing the battle. (laughs) And so we had to regroup. Yeah. Right. I I think that's fair context as to how do we get to where we're at today. Right. And it's really out of just seeing a lot of missed opportunities or maybe going from a Saturday through a Sunday, like you said. Yeah. Getting to the end of that and being like, wow, that was a total waste or that didn't feel fulfilling or I don't think I, you know, anything that I wanted to do actually got accomplished. Right. Yeah. I mean, we went from... I guess, yeah, just for context, you know, we went from, it was just you and I mm-hmm. living downtown, working downtown, living in boom, a loft. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we just had chilling, all babe. of the freedom and flexibility right. to pivot and be spontaneous yeah. and do what we wanted when we wanted, how we wanted. Do you want to go to Chipotle? Do you want to go to Chick-fil-A? Yeah. It just, there was nothing that didn't afford us. Mm-hmm opportunities to work through whatever came our way because we just had total freedom and flexibility to do that. So I say that because for you and I specifically in our relationship, there are cultural differences. Mm. There are personality differences. There are a number of differences Mm -hmm. that have always the potential to divide us as a couple, but there were no pressures in our life at that time really bringing Ooh. those things to the surface. And we had a yeah. so much time where yep. if there was a conflict between you and I, we could spend an entire evening dealing with it because we didn't also have to care for other human beings, you the, know? I think the I think the other thing too was that decisions that you made before you had children were generally mutually beneficial. Yeah. And now, yeah. when you want to do something, or I want to do something. It, it, the other person has, has to, to bear put, the brunt, bear the brunt of the responsibility of the responsibility yeah. of parenting. And now it's like a, it's not a, it, not that it actually is, but it feels like it is no longer a win-win. 
right? Right. And that's that might be hard for some people to hear, but I think I understand what you're saying. Well, so I, what, what am I trying to say? I think uh, I just don't want somebody to hear that and be like, having children is not a win. And that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that mm. bearing the load of the responsibility like if you have, if you meet your needs yeah, and I am being responsible for the children so that you can do that, I am not getting my needs met in that time. I am further depleted when maybe I also need my needs met. So that's, that's what we mean is just, yeah. I'm taking a, a personal hit. Yeah. Not that, you know, caring for my children, like I shouldn't do that because I'm mom or like none of that that's, stuff. It's just a, that like, right. I'm not getting my needs met in that time. Yeah. And you are. Yes. And so funny you say hit because it's literally like a battlefield. You're in the trenches. <laughs> you keep getting hit. And, and I think that's the context and premise of man, these, these two over here are these, you know, these philosophical types that can really just plan out their week. And they're so full of themselves because Reality doesn't work out to be that way that you can accomplish those things. And the truth is... We were drowning. <laughs> we were drowning. But also even today, even like literally this week yeah, or yeah. this past week, yeah. we don't hit everything yeah. that we want to set out for ourselves. Yeah. And because that's just how life is. Right. So. so yeah, we went from that life yeah. to now we bought a house. Mm-hmm. And then within months, had our first child. And then within a couple of weeks, the entire world shut down. And then I left my full-time career. Like there were massive life changes happening all at one time. And all of a sudden we had all of this pressure and our rhythms. And by rhythms, I just mean like our daily life and getting to see other people and do things was completely obliterated in every way. Mm -hmm. And everything that would norm, what I mentioned about our differences that would normally divide us all of a sudden were dividing us. Like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden there was a massive amount of pressure on us to where when those offenses would occur and normally we would have hours to just, you know, talk through it willy nilly while when you're have a newborn, all of a sudden you can't. And so yeah. there we it kind of just projected us into this, like, I don't know how we're going to be or who we're going to be on the other side yeah. of this if we don't find ways to get on the same page in the areas that we can. Yeah. And make it like an easy win for us, right. you know? Like, why are we spending time arguing over yeah. who's going to do what when? Yeah. Because now... There is that added piece of like one of us kind of takes a hit in that, you know, Yeah. how can we set our life up in such a way that or not even life, but just like the week up in such a way that we think through the things that need to get done and we spend expend mental energy on the forefront talking through that and planning who's going to do what when mm-hmm. so that when we hit the ground running come Monday, we can just do some of those things automatically automatically that's exactly the word i'm looking for you know and we don't have to argue about it because i expected you to do it you expected me to do it we're on the same page it's clear and we can just move forward with it i think so that was a more immediate need that was addressed and we needed to bring some redemption to the chaos yeah in the chaos of 
societally, what was upended in terms of rhythms. And man, I get, I still get hung up on the word rhythms a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like six, eight, four, four, like tempo <laughs> like and musical rhythms. <laughs> like, you know, but with rhythms it's the sense of the normal coming and going the normal friday night here's what we do right we can go out watch a movie go to the restaurant no all of a sudden we have to wear masks we can't sit next to each other you know the social distancing that's that's what we mean by rhythms and so in the chaos right where we didn't really know what we were supposed to do or how long it was going to last. Yeah. We needed to build this or we needed to do something to address and and create some sense of normalcy mm-hmm. in what was totally changed outside of us and then inside there's a baby. And then on the on the long end of this whole thing, I also think about it. I don't I don't know if I really thought about this at the time yeah but when you think about trying to pass an exam or making good food there's also there's there's these you know the the basic building block required to pass the exam is that you spend time on a regular basis to study or the basic building blocks to a recipe for it to taste good is to have good ingredients and so in in the long game in terms of thinking about how you want to be remembered or how you want your grandchildren to think of you, right? Because yeah. we want to think beyond just our own children's generation, but like how do we set up our kids to be good parents, like our grandchildren? Right. The basic building block of that really boils down to what are we doing on a weekly basis right? that lend itself towards this, you know, you string those things together and it's like this long thing of how our kids are going to remember us or how they are going to be ra- like what environment they're going to be raised in. And, and that I hope is going to allow us to build on that when we break down the week on, on into these bite-sized increments where we know every single day yeah. or at least every single week, what that looks like for us as a family and the other thing too is, you know, for me, it allows me to not have to rethink the week yeah, every absolutely, week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's a huge piece for me that I think has been so helpful is it frees up mental space so that yeah. I can spend my time thinking about the mm-hmm. and investing in mm-hmm. the areas that are most important to me, you know? Yeah. So, you know, when Monday rolls around, I'm not thinking about Hmm. What do I need to do to clean the house today? I know yep. Mondays are my floor day. Yeah. And so that's the only thing I'm going to think about when it comes to cleaning and maybe yeah. it gets done and maybe it doesn't. And if it doesn't, that's fine, but at least I know where to pick back up again next Monday, you know? And so it yeah. just helps me not to have to think about yep. things. I don't want to be consuming my time Yeah. because I know oh, this is the system or the rhythm that I've put in place for mm-hmm. cleaning or for meal planning mm-hmm. or for, you know, our house projects or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think about those things otherwise because we've already yeah. spent time doing that on the forefront. Right. Man, I might totally butcher this, but Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow, that book. Mm-hmm. There's two parts to your brain. I'm not sure if they're actually different areas of the brain, but 
different types of decision making where mm-hmm. one of them makes automatic judgment calls. Yeah. And so that's like the fast part of your brain. And then there's the slow part of your brain. And this might not even translate over 100%. But in some cases, you need to make quick judgment calls in terms of decision making so that you don't, you have to, you can't take a philosophical approach to every input that you get, Mm -hmm. right? If the timer goes off in the oven, that means it's time to take the pizza out. You don't have to always think about, okay, what is that sound? Where is it coming from? What is that supposed to mean? That's a terrible example. (laughs) But you get what I mean. Yeah. And in that having to do that every single week when you now feel like you really feel like your time is limited. Yeah. Whereas our happy-go-lucky, easy life in downtown where we were just strolling around after work and could show up at coffee shops and have these long conversations and things like that. We weren't afforded those realities anymore. And so building this week, which we, again, we didn't do this the week Evie was born. This right. is this, this is a is, slow process. Yeah, we're still doing it. And we're still building yeah. on it. But it allows us to shift some of these slow thought process type brain activities yeah. over into the more automatic decision making yep. where there isn't that fatigue. You know, very similar to, you know, you hear all these folks that just wear the same clothes all the time in terms mm-hmm. of color palettes. Yeah. So you don't have to think about what you need to do in terms of matching because yep. everything matches with everything. Capsule wardrobe. Yeah. Right. And so I think we're trying to capsule wardrobe our week. For sure. Right. Meaning we can know what the building blocks are, the little pieces that we need to move around. And yep. if um, Monday, which is usually the day we do this, can't happen, then we'll shift it over to this. And right. it's so much easier to visually think about it rather than feeling like you're always taking the brunt of the decisions I'm making yeah. for us as yeah. a family. Yeah. And I'm not even doing it directly. Like yeah. I'm saying yes to something. Yeah. And that means you having to say no to something that you wanted to do. Right, right. And so building that week out, again, it's just because we are maybe so different in how we approach decision making, how we approach, you know, our, our thought process, having to have this b- blueprint yeah. where we can say, okay, standard procedure is going to be this and we'll just operate as if it was that. It allows us to make those changes quickly if they need to be changed. But on the flip side, too, we know what to expect going into that day. And then the other thing, too, that I've liked is we've been able to consider the actual cost of additional things that we would want to say yes to because of two things. How do we fit that into what we are already doing weekly? Yeah. And then two, are we able to make good on that commitment? Exactly. Right. Yep. And too many times do we find ourselves in things that we have committed to or people make commitments to and you just can't follow through because it's just unsustainable. Yeah. Well, if you put it against the background backdrop of this week that we have laid out, Oh yeah, we can do that for, you know, on, on this night Yeah. because that fits in. Well, it's not because we want to set everything else aside and just focus on our family. And it's our, oh, it's our little cute little family. And we yeah. do everything with the family. It's, it's so that we can do something that involves the family, but doesn't come at the expense of the family. Mm-hmm. 
but also allows us to, I don't know what, exactly what I'm trying to say, but yeah. it just, it, it builds a sustainable rhythm, I guess, yeah. where we're not doing something where, where it costs our family something. Right. I feel like in that season, when we were like postpartum, COVID, yeah. just everything obliterated. I felt like I was surviving from day to day. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was in survival mode yeah. every day. And even without I, COVID, that's that's survival mode. Yeah, right? yeah. In postpartum for sure. I felt like I my life was like slipping by and I yeah. wasn't able to enjoy it. Yeah. I wasn't able to take it in. Yeah. I was in a frenzy trying to figure out how do I do everything that I used to be able to do with yeah. significantly less time yeah. and bandwidth. Yeah. Mentally, emotionally, physically. Yeah. How do I It was a massive shift in identity for me. How do I be What does it mean to be a mom? Yeah. And I, my freedoms look a lot different. My time looks a lot different today. How can I not just survive through that? Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I think about the relationship between rest and work, mm-hmm. for me, resting is not always just ceasing activity or sleeping. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that is restful and I wish I got more of it. But <laughs> I'm saying... I think sometimes things that can be very restful are the things that are life-giving, yeah. the things that I enjoy or where you would say you find your flow. Mm-hmm. I could do like 10 activities where I'm in the flow and that feels very restful. Right. And it's still 10 activities, but like I am like on fire doing those things. Yeah. So just easy example with that, like for you, one of those restful activities is actually dancing, like a dance class. Yeah. You get a lot of energy and just enjoyment from being with other people doing something that you enjoy doing. And then for me, it's, you know, it's playing ultimate and that's definitely not resting. Like your body's not in our, you know, for any of those activities, it's not actually resting, but it's it's life giving. It's life giving. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are those life giving activities that aren't actually like you, you know, quietly meditating. Right. Right? And maybe that is what you need to do to rest. And at times that's, you know, especially, in some seasons, that's probably what I would benefit from. Yeah. But it's not necessarily always right. This the, like you said, no Season. activity. Yeah. I had to relearn how to do the things that I enjoy, but differently because I had different time constraints yeah. and freedom constraints. Yep. And so that includes things like even my, like my like spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm how the heck do I pray and like read my Bible mm-hmm. with a kid screaming? Mm-hmm. Some people can do that. I, that's not me. Yeah. So now what do I do? Am I just like not going to read my Bible or like, is that like all that I'm left with, you know? Yeah. And for me, it was about identifying how can I put the life giving aspects back into my life in this season that is extremely isolating Yeah. and feels very depleting. Yeah. And so it's, for me, this this concept of the ideal week was not that we could just have this perfect life or this perfect week and mm-hmm. we can just check the boxes and we're mm-hmm. inflexible. It was so much more how to how do I like breathe the life giving aspects into our life again? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the third layer to this is that Graham's living with us. <laughs> Get all Graham's. And so 
having a another full-fledged adult in the house yeah. where there's decisions being made that impacts us as, as a family yeah requires this you you're required to have set definitions for what you're going to do yeah. every single day or yep. at least what you're aiming for in the week and so in order to get to the same page with Graham mm-hmm. we've had to just lay out and having to define those things allows you and I to know how to involve Graham in the things that we are trying to do yeah and what needs to be communicated to her because she has her own ideas and right. thoughts about what's helpful for us or how she wants right. to contribute to the family or right you know, when she wants to eat or what she wants, what to, she eat. wants to eat. Yeah. All those things, right. You know, house projects she wants to take on in her house. It's just yeah. like, she has her own ideas and right. she's an independent person. Yeah. And she's my gram. So, and I think it also, you know, more back to more philosophically, there's always going to be somebody that's willing to suggest how you should spend your time. Mm-hmm. And we had a physical manifestation of that with Graham where she comes up and be like, Hey guys, you want to go to Olive Garden? Right? right? That's such a harmless suggestion. Yeah. But that that type of influence over how you're going to decide what you're going to do in any given week yeah. is so powerful. Yep. And that's just one force or one right. influence. Right. And there's so many other things that are thrown at us yeah. inside and out that drive the types of decisions that we're going to make or want to make. Yeah. That it becomes so tiring to know what it is that we should actually pursue because of the availability of the options you can go after. Yeah. And so narrowing down the scope of what it normally looks like for us in a, in a regular week, I think is another thing that just helps block out what could it potentially be. Yeah. What could our week potentially be? But instead right. of thinking of it that way, this is our set standard. Yeah. And we we define it that way. Because we know, okay, Monday nights is this and it's because, and why? Well, it's because of this. And Tuesday nights are this because of this other thing. Right. And there's almost like a a minimum threshold that it has to clear. Yeah. In order for that to be replaced with something else. Yeah. Like good example is Saturday nights. We have those buttoned down. We know exactly what we're going to do. But if we have a friend reach out to you. Yeah. Saying, hey, I have a birthday party Saturday night and I want all my friends to come. And it's like, man, you should celebrate that. Yeah. You should go there. For sure. Then, you know, it's those things that help form the decision making where, well, okay, well, normally we would have this as a family, but I want you to go out. I want you to go out to be able to have that time with your friends. And so you go out. And so what do Evie June and I go and do? You know, we... I don't know if we went to Chick-fil-A that day. Yeah, you probably did. But, you know, so it's still like it's not it's no longer this huge lift. Right. But we know because we have something defined, it's yeah. easier to replace that with something. We have a threshold for what we would say yes to. Yeah. Because we know what it's trying to accomplish. Right. And it makes it less taxing on the brain to be like, OK, well, you were able to do it this day and now it's my day to do this on this other day. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the other things that it has produced for us is that 
we, you know, there are hot spots here in our home in the sense of like when you look at an organization, you know, when I used to work with. OK, I was like, what? It's, sorry. I mean, it's like hot parts in the house. <laughs> are there cold when, spots? When I used to work with other leaders. Yeah. I worked with hundreds of leaders, you know, public sector, private sector over like a five year time frame. Right. In kind of a either like a coaching or yeah. consultant kind of manner. Right. We would always assess, like, what are the hotspots in your department? These are, like, the pressure points that make it hard for your people to do what they need to do on a day-to-day basis. Ooh, okay, I gotcha. So, for us, I think it was always identifying, like, what are our hotspots? What are the recurring things that keep coming up and creating that? this, babe. Really? No. Oh, sorry. It's just always been in my head. Okay. Now you know. This is why we have these Or pressure points, maybe, is another way people would say them, you know? Bottlenecks. Bottlenecks. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. I'm there. So what are those spaces in the home? Because yeah. we think about that in the workplace and we try to alleviate them. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you hear concerns from people and then you have to deal with them. Right. Right. But how do we deal with concerns in our home? How do we deal with these hotspots in our home? And so yeah. setting our week up in such a way has helped us to alleviate those pressure points that become recurring conflicts in mm-hmm. our marriage, mm-hmm. you know? There's no reason for us not to work through those and fix those, you know, alleviate them. Yeah, we do it professionally all the time. Right. Yeah. It's so easy to just take a moment to think through, okay, like what's the actual pressure point? Mm -hmm. Like what's the very specific cog that's breaking the whole system here? Yeah. And then what do we need to do to fix it? Or just at least help alleviate it. Right. You know? And so I think that's been a huge piece of us kind of structuring our week in this way yeah. is to alleviate what are our recurring yeah. pressure points, you know? Yeah. I think just to kind of recap, it's not because we are these big academics who have read all of these resources and have come to a solution, but it was because we was out of a desperate need yeah. to create some order out of the chaos that we were thrust into. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm still pretty desperate, but Right. <laughs> and and there's it's still but it's it's less daunting. Yeah. Because for sure. we've we've overlaid it yeah. with something that we know we want to strive for. Yep. And this hopefully isn't going to look the same five years from now, ten years from now. Yeah. Because we've improved on it. Right. Right. And that we've honed in on it. And so uh, establishing a baseline to be able to assess oh, that was the last thing I wanted to mention, is that we can keep looking back to it. Mm-hmm. And seeing, okay, where are some of the areas that we weren't able to address? Mm-hmm. And how can we make sure we address that next time? Yep. And, you know, why did we miss it? And so if there is that baseline, you can yeah. say, okay, this is why we missed it. Yep. And make those adjustments the next week. If we keep missing it, well, then maybe the week is wrong right. in how we're constructing it. Right. And so we're constantly trying to make adjustments, fine-tuning them yep. so that we are getting it to a place where... You know, we can operate smoothly where we don't have to turn the engine off every single week and have this like full schedule maintenance. But no, we're just making tweaks here and there. Yeah. Right. Adding windshield wiper fluid. Right. Right. Adding uh, blinker fluid. (laughs) (laughs) Things. But you know what I mean is that it's it's not this full fledged. Yeah. Changing the serpentine belt. (laughs) Um, And so things like that, that just allow us to make these micro adjustments rather than having to like new year's resolution overhaul our family and strive for these things where we're going to burn ourselves out, you know, mid February. And that's what we want to move away from. But I also am hopeful that looking into the future, it's going to be way better 
and, and way better adapted than it was today. And we see that improvement even over when we first started it. Yeah. So that was a lot. That's pretty much why we do what we do. But yeah. I think it's important because it can sound overwhelming when we start to think about or talk about ideal week. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just like that seems so far fetched. Yep. And it, had you said that to me yep. at the beginning of it, I would have been like, yeah, right. I'm literally trying to figure out how to feed my child. Right. right. Now. <laughs> and I think if you can do just do one thing, yeah. it would just be incorporate some rest into yeah. your week or yeah. incorporate some rest into your day. Yeah. And if that means just shutting off your phone an hour earlier, like yeah. an hour before you go to bed, or if that just means one day a week, I'm going to bring out the actual plates. Yeah. Instead of the paper plates. Right. And actually enjoy the food that I'm going to eat rather than just trying to scarf it down and move on. Yeah. That's probably the first step that we took. Yeah. And it's not like overnight we are all of a sudden now every single day we know exactly what we're going to do. At 630 it's going to be this and at 730 it's going to be. No, it's not. That's not where you get. You're not going to get there. Right. In the same way that like for anything else, you're not going to all of a sudden know exactly what you're going to do in every area. Like you're going to stumble. You're going to fail. You're going to make you're going to mess up in terms of it not work out the way you had intended it to. But it's really in this long term mindset that you want to improve on. Like what you're building as a family. Right. And and what you are investing in. Because if you do think that time is a resource, then budgeting it accordingly. Yeah. Allows you to know how it was spent. Yeah. Rather than just coming to the end of the week and being like, man, I don't feel rested at all. Right. Yeah. And sometimes building in that rest could even be adding something life-giving. You know, it doesn't have to be always taking things away. Right to add more buffer. I mean, maybe that's necessary, Yeah. but what are the life giving aspects or activities that you are able to invest in that give, bring you joy? That's exactly what started this whole thing is where, you know, we had Evie and you're like, babe, you need to go back to Frisbee. Yeah. You need to start playing again. Yeah. That was so life giving to you. And I could just see the, you were so depleted in that season and needed just a touch of life. Right. And that was a thing. It and was that's just what started Monday it night all. frisbee. Right. That was your night. So. Yeah. And then the last thing I would say is it can be even be something as simple as um like it doesn't have to be this overhaul thing. It could be restructuring yeah. your day. So mm-hmm. maybe for some people it's even the transition from work to home. Yeah. And thinking about how can I set my afternoon up in a way that is maybe more life-giving and less depleting so that I have more to give to my family when I get home, right? you know? And so if meetings are the draining thing and you have the flexibility in your schedule to move meetings to the morning so uh-huh. that in the afternoons you don't have that draining thing, right? you know, or maybe it's, you know, deep work for you or whatever yeah. it is like finding, if you have flexibility to even just reschedule mm-hmm. or, re, you know, reorient your day, mm-hmm. Just a simple thing like that can add yeah. some life back right. into that transition right? going from work to home. Yeah. Or even just like a smaller step. I know this. you said this was the last thing, but sometimes it's as simple as when you're, when you're used to listening to music on your drive home, hmm. what if you just turn the music off and just sit in silence and like 
sit with your thoughts, transition out of work yeah. and mentally get to a place where you can be present with your wife and your kids Yeah, and not feel like you have to be constantly barraged with noise. Right. And so from time to time, I do that as well, right? Yeah. Where yeah. it's like maybe it was a longer day at work and let's just transition out by not listening to anything and yeah. just sitting there so that we can transition into we so that I can mm-hmm. transition into being present at home. Yeah. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with Tatares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.